Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. I hope everybody is good. I hope everyone had a good and safe and healthy New Year. It's 2021, which is crazy. That also means that I've been now doing this podcast for four years, which is... (laughs) really crazy. I cannot believe it. Really, I can't believe it. But that's fun and exciting and crazy. Um, I guess just before we get started, if you are, if your New Year's resolution this year is to listen to more podcasts, (laughs) please come and subscribe to my Patreon. I put out two episodes this week. I did one on Trisha Paytas and one on Taylor Swift. Uh, The Taylor Swift one is with Troy McGeady friend of the pod, Troy McKeady. Uh, This coming week, I'm doing an episode on Holly Madison's book. Princess and I already recorded that. We just talked all all about Holly Madison. Next week, I believe I will have an episode on when the sister arrives, go to Alaska and find out about Mary's catfish. I think that I'm going to be doing both of those. Well, they're not both. They happen at, at one time. And then, yeah, a couple more fun episodes coming out. I'm really looking forward most to Grey Gardens recording that. I think I'm going to record that in two weeks. So if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's feathers underscore pod. You should come follow me there. And that's it for plugs. How are we? It was the Team Mom 2 season finale. How exciting. Guess we have the reunion next week, which hopefully will only be one week. Um, I somebody actually suggested that I should look through what the New Year's resolutions were that I talked about last year, like the Teen Mom New Year's predictions, not resolutions. Resolutions is not the word that I'm looking for. What the Teen Mom predictions were for last week and last week, last year, and go through them and see if they have changed or what actually happened, what came, what outcome came. And I thought that was fun. And I was actually able to easily find them in my phone, shockingly enough. Not sure exactly which ones I answered on mic, but I'm just going to go through the ones that I have pictures of on my phone. And I also asked people for this year for new resolutions for resolutions is not the right word. I don't know why I keep saying that for new predictions for this year. So I'm going to read through those, see if I agree with them, see if not. And then I'm going to recap the final episode because not much happened. So we got to get creative, right? (laughs) I'm sure not much will happen at the reunion next week. So we will see what we do next week for an episode. Okay, so The first prediction that I have here is, (laughs) this made me laugh, actually, from Rydog85. Ryan, I haven't seen you comment in a while. I hope you are well. Is, surprise prediction, one of the teen mom girls physically goes after Nessa. That's funny because it would be funny to see, but also, I don't think none of the reunions ended up being in person this year, right? Because of quarantine. Who could have guessed? Um, He also said Ambler. Amber violates her probation and we find out her new man is a psychopath. Shockingly, as far as we know, there was, do you guys remember at the beginning of last year, I think there was some hearings about like a drug test, but nothing ever came of it. As far as we know, Amber has not violated her probation, which is shocking to me. And I don't even know if she's so with Dimitri. 
is actually as far as Amber being off social media, she's actually done a pretty good job of staying off of social media. I'm pretty proud of her for that. Okay, um, Aardvark Queen had predicted Lee and Jeremy will briefly briefly get back together and scar the kids. No, that didn't happen. But she also predicted another kid for Chelsea and Cole. That's right. Um, she also had predicted Janelle will get shotgun married, but she was, a lot of these are Janelle gets engaged. I guess she had not gone back. <laughs> I'm like, what happened last year? I guess she had not gone back to the land yet as of new year's last year so a lot of these are like janelle will get engaged janelle's gonna get remarried um unfortunately you know that didn't happen unfortunately um so amber will get engaged is one of them from joey b i'm really surprised that didn't happen but i'm guessing covid because remember dimitri like was here at the beginning of the year and then he left and i believe was supposed to be coming back mid uh march but then everything happened and he wasn't able to I don't know if it was visa visa issues or travel restrictions or what exactly was going on but he was not able to come and I don't believe has been here since um there were quite a few Janelle will get pregnant again ones but she didn't and also I don't know if Janelle can get pregnant again according to Janelle she has her tubes tied now do we know that Janelle is a pathological liar? Yeah. Could Janelle absolutely be lying about getting her t- tube side? Of course she could be. But I am pretty sure Janelle will not be having any more babies. Um. Okay, so Tracy Merrick had said, I'm 100% sure Janelle is either filming again, already filming again, or will be soon. There was also another one from Leslie that said, you know, Janelle returns. There's quite a few like Janelle returns. And that was sad. That didn't happen. I mean, is it sad? I don't know. Janelle doesn't like, okay, first of all, nobody deserves to be on this show. I don't think Janelle should be on this show, but I do think that if she, I think absolutely David should not be on this show. And I don't think Janelle is necessarily any better of a person than David. I mean, I think she's probably just as bad as David. She hasn't, as far as we know, physically murdered a dog. But besides that, I mean, she's mistreated animals on her own. She abuses her children. She is racist. She is really just as bad as David. So while I say sadly, just because like I do feel like she's missing from Teen Mom, I think it's okay that she never comes back again. And I think that she will definitely not be coming back. Okay. Um. Oh, one of these was from H.D. Wilcox said, Mac McKee will get pregnant again. Uh, Mac McKee has her tubes tied as well. She got them done after Bronx was born. I specifically remember this because she had a C-section with Bronx. I think she has to have C-sections with all her babies because her babies are like 18 pounds at birth. Um, (laughs) And she's teeny tiny and has very big babies. But um, she, I remember it being weird because like, very shortly after Bronx was born, she like went back in to get her tubes tied. And I remember everyone being like, I wonder why she didn't just get her tubes tied when she got her C-section, because I think that's something that they do. So no more babies for Mac Mickey. Thank God. Okay. Um, this person, Tracy said, Leo will find a new boyfriend and move him in immediately 2018 or 2019 all over again. Didn't happen, but I'm guessing because of COVID. <laughs> I think COVID probably prevented that. (laughs) 
Uh, Shira Loves Dog said, Brittany will get a new boyfriend. I'm assuming that's, yeah, that must be about Brittany De Jesus. Uh, that didn't happen. Does Brittany, I don't know. Has she, I don't know. If, well, yeah, I guess she, we know that. I, I was going to say, has Brittany like publicly ever been with anybody? And then I remembered like, well, we definitely know in the 16 pregnant area that she was sleeping with at least one guy because she had an abortion. But I, I was going to say, I don't know if Brittany dates men or women just because she's, as far as I know, never publicly dated anyone. But no boyfriend for Brittany. I would really like to see Brittany in a relationship. Uh, Shira thought that also Janelle would get a special. I think that's what I thought. But that didn't happen. Oh, this one. Lisa Portier says Cheyenne and then young and pre- young and pregnant Brianna will get pregnant. Cheyenne is pregnant. Good guess. Uh, Brie is not pregnant again. That's actually surprising to me that Brie hasn't gotten pregnant again. I would imagine a lot of it is that she, I guess she does date trans guys. So there's not as much of a, obviously a pregnancy scare possibility there if she is uh, like dating that Jaden guy. But she also, as we know, dates cis guys too. So I, I am pretty surprised that Brie hasn't gotten pregnant again. Um, I rich said kale pregnancy. We already knew she was pregnant, right? At the new year last year, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. I think we found out around the end of the year of 2019, right? If not, that was a good guess, but I'm not sure. Um, oh, there's some talk of Herb. Remember Herb, that guy that Janelle fucked and <laughs> she like flew to Boston to fuck? <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, I guess Kale wasn't pregnant at this time because there's multiple Kale will get pregnant again. So, I mean, <laughs> good guesses for all of you. A lot of Janelle is going to get pregnant. I love this. Malice in Wonderland said, I want Glamma Mary to find love. Me too. I wish that would happen. And those are it for the predictions. You know, a couple good guesses in there. I would say the Cheyenne pregnancy one was probably the best guess and that if we really didn't know that Kale, yeah, we must not have because there's at least four that say like number four for Kale. Kale gets pregnant again. So good guesses all around. We must have found out like very shortly after this. I wonder what's going to happen with Amber and that Dimitri guy. Okay, let's go over some of the Shears predictions. Okay, so Nicole says, Macy announces another accidental, in quotes, pregnancy. Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I get, like, I don't, does she, did she get her IUD taken out? I can't remember. I feel like Macy is really done having kids and really does not want to have kids, but I also think she's, can be pretty reckless when it comes to birth control, so... Yeah, I could I could see that. I don't necessarily think it will happen, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it will happen. Okay, Nick Lou says Adam terminates his rights to Aubrey. I don't think this will happen, not because Adam wouldn't. Um, I Obviously, he did with Paisley. I've seen so much talk online. It, this always comes up on Reddit. How come Adam terminated his rights to Paisley, but not to Aubrey? And people are always like, his mom won't let him. There's always a million reasons why, right, that people think. But the real reason is that Chelsea hasn't asked him. Uh, the reason that he terminated his rights with Paisley is because Taylor pursued it and agreed to drop all of his child support and uh, like if he would agree to terminate his rights and let Paisley be adopted, which is what happened. And as far as we know, 
Chelsea has never asked him. Aubrey, last time we heard, does not is not interested in being adopted by Cole. And I think that unless Aubrey comes to Chelsea and says, I want to be adopted by Cole, I don't think they'll pursue that, having Adam's rights terminated. I think that they just don't. I mean, Aubrey doesn't want to. She said straight up, at least last time we heard, she said, no, I, I don't want to be adopted. So I think until something with that changes or something, I don't know, something crazy happens, they will not be doing that. Um. Okay, so September Renee says, Amber makes a social media return in the meanest possible way. <laughs> I mean, I, she's been on Snapchat a teeny tiny bit, for, but for the most part has stayed off social media, but a new season starts at the end of the month, so I don't see this, you know, I see this being possible. Okay, Shira says, Macy's the next to quit. This is interesting. I don't think so. I don't foresee anybody else quitting. I would be pretty surprised if anybody else quit. I think that Macy would be out of her mind to quit personally. Um, I think the reason that Chelsea was able to quit is because she is so successfully, finally took her long enough, but she's so successfully transitioned into an influencer. And the reality is, is like none of the other original moms have been able to do that besides maybe Kale, and not able to do that, have done that. Like, the reality is, is I don't think Macy has really tried. It doesn't seem like Macy's really into social media. The only stuff she posts on social media are those clickbait ads. She'll post a picture every once in a while. I would guess Macy probably has, like, a Finsta that she uses for her social media. Um, They have, obviously, TTM, but we know that that's not, like, a thing. I'm assuming, at least, that that's not enough money to live on. So I don't think, personally, I don't think that Macy will be leaving because I'm not sure what Macy and Taylor would do for money. And I also think that, like, even in Macy's worst edits and worst speculation, like, she comes off pretty well. And I think, as like, for Macy, I think being on this show is mostly a net positive. Um, I think that, like, Kale would... Honestly, I think... Here are the people that I think would leave. Amber. I think Amber would quit. And not because she has like something that she can quit for. (laughs) Because let's be real, Amber has no marketable skills whatsoever as far as we know. And I don't, but I think Amber is impulsive enough to quit. And also, um, she cares the least, I think, about consequences. Obviously, we know from like a lot of her reckless behavior that she doesn't care about consequences. But I feel like Amber would just be like, I don't want to do this anymore and just wouldn't do it anymore. Would it be a good decision for her? Well, mental health wise, yes, but financially, no. I think Gary would very much talk her into staying. Um, We know that Amber has like quit a few times, but I think that Amber would absolutely quit. And, like, just be like, no, I'm done. And just refuse to do the show. Like, I really could see that happening. I don't think it will happen. But I think that out of all of them, that's what I could see happening. So we'll see if if that happens. So Amber, I think, is the only OG mom that would quit. Um, I mean, Cheyenne probably makes a lot of money on social media. But why would she quit? Nothing in her life is that messy. And I would imagine being on the show is pretty easy for her. I really don't think Macy would quit. We know Mac McKee has been like, Mac McKee would have killed someone to get on the show. So she's never going to quit. Caitlin and Tyler definitely would not quit. Definitely would not quit. 
Who else is on this show on Team Emoji? Is that everybody? I think that's everybody. Um, as far as Teen Mom 2, Leah, I don't think will quit. I don't see why she would. I don't like what what else does she have going for her? I think that for Leah, doing Teen Mom is like very much her identity. And I think she's okay with that. So I don't see Leah quitting. Like I said, Kale, maybe, but I also think that Kale out of all of them is How do I want to say this? I think Kale realizes that she's going to be a reality TV star for quite a long time, kind of like how Farrah would want to be, but isn't really given the opportunity to. But I think Kale, like, knows that the rest of her life is going to be doing stuff like Celebrity Big Brother and go on more, like, uh, the therapy shows and doing shit like that. Like, I think that's what Kale's career is going to look like for as long as possible, and like, being a public figure. And so I think because of that, Kale's, like, pretty okay with getting a villain at it. I think it hurts and it's not great, but I think Kale, out of all of them, is kind of like, this is what I signed up for, this is why I make the money, and I'm willing to do this for the fame and the money. So although I think Kale financially out of all of them possibly could leave, I don't think she will because I think that she probably out of all of the women that are on this show seems to have like the most understanding of like where she fits in as far as like being a reality TV star. Brie could, I think in one of these definitely says Brie will be the one that leaves. I actually could see Brie leaving because I don't think Brie is that motivated by the money. She also, for one, doesn't make nearly as much money as the other women. So she wouldn't be giving up quite as much. I mean, I think she's getting paid a good amount this season, I would guess. But, you know, if the main moms are getting 500000 a season, I think she's probably only getting like 200000 which <laughs> please give me 200000 fucking dollars even with 35% taken out for tax. Gladly. <laughs> I want that money. Although I wouldn't do it to be on reality TV. I personally don't think that's enough money for the scrutiny that they get. I think that Brie makes a decent amount of money, but she does still have her nine to five. And she also has that salon thing, which who knows if that's making money. But I think that Brie is um, down to earth in a way. Now, bear with me. <laughs> I don't think Brie is responsible financially based on like a lot of the moves that we've seen her make, but I think out of everybody in this franchise, Brie understands more than anyone how fleeting this is because of Teen Mom 3. Um, Mackenzie McKee just is kind of like in her own world, and I think that Mackenzie McKee is like obsessed with being famous and having attention, right? So she's different, but as far as Brie goes, like I don't think that Brie values the fame and the money in like as much as some of the other people on this show and I think that she also doesn't have quite as many people uh, making checks off of this show that she cares about so like Amber really cares about Gary and Christina right so I think Gary could talk Amber into staying but as far as like Brie it's just her mom and Brittany and I think Brittany maybe doesn't work and just like kind of lays around I think I don't want to say lays around. I think I did see Brittany tweet that she had been struggling with mental illness and depression and had uh, basically just been living off her MTV checks, which I don't judge her for. But as far as we know, Roxanne has her job. And I think that 
for whatever reason, Brie out of everybody on this show just like understands the most that like this could go at any time. And if it does go, like she's gonna be okay. Like she will struggle more and won't have as much money. But I think that Brie does not see herself as somebody that's going to be rich and famous forever. Like I think Kale probably sees herself. And I think for Brie, she's like, this is fun while it lasts. But I I can see her just being like, I'm done with this. You know what? I'm done. And just being done. I don't necessarily think that will happen anytime soon, but I could see that happening. Okay, we're going to take a really quick break, and then I'm going to get back to answering these. And I will be doing a recap. I don't, did I say that at the beginning? <laughs> just not that much happened. So I'm just going to, you know, kind of like last week where I'm just going to like go through quickly a recap. Okay, so uh, Renee also said... More Mac, McKee, and Josh on and off shenanigans. Yes. I don't even know if that's a prediction. It's just like, obviously, what's going to happen? And she also said, Kale doesn't get pregnant again this year, but probably 2022. Yeah, I could see her having one more for sure. Um, Okay, so she also says, Chelsea and Cole try to launch a show or vlog and it flops, but they remain influencers. Yeah, so I think that they will probably try and vlog, but... As I've said a million times, like vlogging is actually hard and takes effort. And I'm not sure if they will uh, succeed at it. Like, I don't see them wanting to keep up with what you have to do to make a vlog, even if they, and they obviously would like have somebody else edit it. I just don't see them filming all the time, to be honest. Um, another Renee says Janelle starts shilling in MLM. Uh, yeah, I. I could see that. She did try and sell Scentsy in the past when everybody was selling Scentsy, but I could definitely see her. I'm surprised she hasn't actually tried to do one recently because, you know, she's out of money. <laughs> the second Renee also says Nathan joins a militia. <laughs> I think mentally he would like to join a militia. I think physically he's too drunk and lazy to do it. Okay, um... Hollis says that they're going to re... Hollis2293 says revamp the show. I'm guessing she means like maybe they'll revamp the format of the show. Maybe. I could, I'm not exactly sure what that would look like, but I would not be surprised if after... Well, I, I guess... I wonder if Team Mom 2 is filming now for next season. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if after this season of OG airs, if they decide to do some sort of revamping. Um, Crossface says another baby for Brie De Jesus. Maybe that would be unsurprising. I guess if she's still with that Javi guy, then yeah, I could definitely see it. And she is with him, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay, says um, yes, says the end. And also, first and J Banana also says the show will end. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Look, anything's possible, but. I don't see MTV pulling the plug on this until, like, it costs way more money to make than they make on it. And I don't think that's happened yet. What, Like, what else does MTV have to air besides the challenge? I guess they have, like, five shows. So I don't, I don't, if they haven't canceled Team Mom already, I don't really see why they would cancel it this year. But who knows? You know, put us out of our misery, right? Um, there's quite a few of Kate and Tyler trying to get pregnant, um, which, yeah, I mean, we know that they lost the baby at the end of last year. So I think so. I think that they really want a boy for whatever reason. 
Okay, Megan Wash 82 says Kale gets arrested. Well, that did happen last year. We just don't know anything about it. But, yeah, I could see Kale getting arrested again this year. I hope for her sake that that doesn't happen. But, yeah, I could see that. Uh, Fiona said Mac and Josh have another baby. Like I said, Mackenzie's tubes are tied, so no. Um... Oh, this is Shayla says, I keep hoping for Javi to do the challenge. Yeah, why hasn't he done the challenge yet? Aren't they putting anybody on that show? Did he want to do the challenge? They should put him on the challenge. I'm surprised he hasn't done that yet. Okay, this one's interesting. Uh, Emily Dresser says, with the money running out, David leaves Janelle. I think that's possible. Look. I think that being with David is absolutely miserable for Janelle, and I do believe David is an abuser, but I also think that we know that being with Janelle is also a lot, and I think that if David doesn't have the reward of not having to work or do anything and getting all the money he wants, I could see him leaving, especially because his name's on that deed, you know? Like, if they get a divorce... He's entitled to that property, or at least half of it. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, Okay, Charlie Bots Boots says, Shy and Corey have a fling and cheat together. Absolutely could see this. A hundred percent could see that. Uh, She also says, Addie's behavior becomes an issue at school, and Leah still doesn't push for wheelchair helmets, etc. Agreed. Uh, Fiona says Ashley and Barr will also have another baby. I could see that. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't. I think Ashley must have some sort of, like, implanted birth control would be my guess. Uh, I think that Ashley wants to have enough, like, I think that Ashley really wants to be successful, but I also think that she would have another baby with Barr. So, we'll see. Okay, Jam says, call me crazy, but I can see Kale and Javi briefly getting back together for the attention. Yeah. I mean, not even for the attention. Like, sure, they would like the attention that comes from it. But, like, I can just see them getting back together because we know they still fuck or <laughs> maybe fuck, whatever. Okay, so Justine Elizabeth says, Chelsea and Cole have another baby. Yes, another one. And Javi knocks up another girl. Okay, yes, can definitely see Chelsea and Cole having, like, an oops baby at the end of the year, announcing a pregnancy at the end of 2021. I can definitely see that. Although I also think that um, Cole will maybe get a vasectomy after this one. You know, I, I don't know. I could definitely see Cole, though, getting a vasectomy or maybe even Chelsea and her tubes tied after this baby. This is the fourth kid for them. As far as Javi knocking up another girl, absolutely. I'm actually shocked he hasn't. <laughs> While with Lauren. Okay, so and. I don't know how to pronounce this person's Instagram name. I'm sorry. Another baby for Kate late 2021. Yes, I agree with that. Also, more explosive drama for Kale. Yeah, I think that's going to be Kale's whole life. And then Leah flirts with leaving the show. Okay, I like the way you worded that flirts with leaving the show because yes, I can see her flirting with it. But I, like I said, I really don't see Leah ever leaving. Um... Some more of Janelle getting pregnant. Like I said, I don't think that Janelle can get pregnant. Uh, Leah gets a new man. Yeah, I think the pandemic is why she didn't get one this time. But I think Leah will get a new man and he will not live in West Virginia. I think that her next person is going to live somewhere else. So I, when we can, when we can, 
because many people do. But when traveling is more of a thing, I think I can see Leah with a long distance boyfriend. Oh, Stas. Stas coming in with the heat. Chelsea busted for tax issues like every everyone else has been. I mean, look, everybody is fucking convinced that Randy is some sort of like incredible genius with managing money and there's absolutely no way that Chelsea has ever been irresponsible with money and that she has been set up with a financial advisor since the beginning and everything is always perfect and planned and I don't know if that's true you know like Randy's not a billionaire like he's a comfortably upper middle class dentist which (laughs) Is nothing to sneeze at. I'm not being like, uh, Randy's not even rich. Like, Randy is well off, but he's not like, I he's, he, there's nothing about Randy's life that screams to me that Chelsea absolutely has somebody perfectly managing her money. Here's the thing, like, even if you have someone managing your money, like, things can still go wrong. Ask, didn't, haven't you seen Uptown Girl? Like, has everybody seen Uptown Girl? Brittany Murphy goes broke because the accountant steals her money. Also, the plot of the movie for Richer or Poorer, where Tim Allen and Christy Alley move to Lancaster and become Amish. This is a thing. <laughs> People that get their money completely managed still sometimes have issues because they either don't report something to the business manager or the financial advisor or even shit happens is what I'm saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea, with the new house especially, and like all of these new income streams, if she gets hit with like a $50,000 lien or something that she quickly pays off. Okay, uh, Jess, my dear friend Jess says, which of course I just clicked away, Kate pregnancy, RIP Leah's dog, <laughs> Kale gets COVID. I agree on R.I.P. Leah's dog. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I bet Kale will get COVID. Agree with that. I'm surprised Kale hasn't gotten COVID yet, all things considered. Oh, I like this one. Erica Katz says, Mac leaves Josh for a period of time, gets a boyfriend, then goes back to him. Yes, I'm actually quite surprised this hasn't happened yet with like the... Obviously, we know she's left Josh for periods of time, whatever, but I'm surprised that she hasn't gotten an in-between boyfriend yet. Although, here's the thing. If if Mac gets a boyfriend, like, McK- maybe what Mackenzie needs is a boyfriend. <laughs> like, Mackenzie and Josh have been together so fucking long since they were small children. We know how Josh is. Mackenzie is literally at all points in time just, like, begging for affection, begging for it. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mackenzie, like, got a boyfriend and actually, like, realized what it felt like to be loved and cherished and maybe fucked well. Like, who knows? Who knows if Mac and Josh even have good sex or even have sex at all? And I really wonder if, like, Mackenzie just doesn't know what she's missing to a certain extent. Obviously, we know she has desperately low self-esteem. That's very obvious, the self-esteem stuff. But I wonder if, like, she, she always talks about how she realizes, like, my parents' relationship was perfect, and she's always talking about her siblings being in perfect marriages. But I wonder if she genuinely does not even realize what she's missing by being with Josh. And, like, the fact that she could get a man. I think also the three kids, she probably feels like she can't. 
But like I can see Mackenzie's a lot to offer. Look, I find Mackenzie McKee to be so fucking annoying and I find her to be very dumb. But the reality is, is that girl is a pretty hard worker. She has a banging body. She has some fame. She's got money now. Like Mackenzie McKee has a lot to offer to somebody. And I could really see her like having a really happy second marriage And I really hope that happens for her. And I would love to see her. I feel like her getting a boyfriend, if she left Josh, would either go one of two ways where the guy would be so fucking awful that she would be like, okay, actually, I've been missing nothing. I want to go back to Josh because it's the devil I know versus this guy, right? Or she'll like meet somebody and be like, oh, this is what it's like to have somebody that loves you? Like, this is what this feels like. And I mean, I do hope that for her because Josh just treats her so awfully. Okay. uh, Why is your username Tambo Sprite? Girl, girl, why are you doing this to me? She says too many new babies. I don't know. I don't know if there will be that many new babies. Oh, Summer. This is interesting. She says Farrah comes back. Huh. Huh. Farrah comes back. Um... I don't know, because Farrah's OnlyFans is, like, really graphic. Um, If you guys didn't know, she's doing, like, scat porn over there. If you don't know what scat porn is, don't Google it. You don't ever need to know. But that's what she's doing over there. And I don't know. Not that, like, MTV is, like, too good for somebody that does scat porn. Like, I don't feel that way at all. But I don't know if Teen Mom would be, like, willing to do that. But Farrah coming back would be interesting. Farrah would come back in a heartbeat, right? Like, Farrah, all she wants. Oh, my God. Farrah did the funniest live that I happened to click on. I almost never, ever, ever watch people's lives. But I, like, happened to be on Instagram and I happened to see that Farrah was going live. Which, by the way, I fucking hate that you cannot turn off those going live notifications that pop up on your screen. Like, I don't care. I don't care about anybody going live ever. Like, don't give me these notifications. If I want to see if people are live, I'll go look at my story list. It's especially annoying because I have three Instagram accounts. I have, obviously, my personal one, which is at BentleyLiz1, if you don't follow it. I have my Feathers uh, podcast Instagram. And then I also have my Patreon Instagram And I, so like anytime anybody goes live on any of those three accounts, I get a notification, I get the pop down notification, pop down doesn't make sense, but like the notification that comes down and uh, (laughs) it's so annoying. It's so, so, so annoying, but I happen to click on Ferris live and as I have talked about, like Teen Mom 2 is getting a second life right now because it's on Netflix. By the way, I've seen some Teen Mom 2 TikToks, I'm not happy about this, guys. Now, one would say, wouldn't it be good if Teen Mom 2 gets new fans because you have a podcast about Teen Mom and more people will listen to this podcast? I get, I get why you would say that, but I think I've made it pretty clear that I don't want this podcast to be any bigger. I never want to have any sort of fame and I can't take criticism. So really, I'm at like a beautiful sweet spot with this podcast. (laughs) Where I don't really want more attention. <laughs> I have like a decent amount of listener- listenership. Not a lot at all, but not 
not too little. I am a Goldilocks on how many people listen to this. And I don't really want Team Mom 2 getting a second life, but it is because it's on Netflix. Every time I get on Netflix, um, it's shown to me. Netflix suggests it to me. I mean, I know there's specific algorithms for Netflix, so I don't know why it suggests it to me, but it does every single time. It's always on their trending page or whatever that, I don't think they're called pages on Netflix, whatever the categories But I guess Farrah's been getting questions from people or seeing people talk about it. And she did this live where she's like, you know, Teen Mom is on Netflix, but you're not seeing me because Viacom is evil. And as everybody knows, I graduated from business management school this year and I'm going to take down Viacom. (laughs) So stupid. Oh, God. Uh. Oh, Nine Dawn Macy, B. Macy says, this one's in. She says, a Brianna T. Mom 2 pregnancy. She says, Mac and Ryan divorce. Yeah. I could see that. I I mean, I hope so. Right? She also says, Kale moving on to a new man. God, there's nothing that I hope for more as far as teen mom people is Kale moving on to a new man. Like, all I want in this world is for Kale to move on from Chris. Um, and the last one is Ashley Lynette says, Kale threatens to quit the show again, but stays. I'm not sure if Kale's ever, like, really threatened to quit the show. Um, she's, like, had little temper tantrums, but as far as, like, threatening to quit the show, I'm not sure if Kale's ever, like, gotten very far with it. But I don't think she'll quit. So that's it for our 2021 predictions. I guess we'll see what happens this time next year. Should we meet again? It's so crazy to think that we went into 2020 just like not knowing (laughs) that a global pandemic was upon us. (laughs) Hey, okay, let's recap this Teen Mom 2 season finale. So it was Chelsea's final episode, which, you know, look, I am happy for Chelsea. I hope I've made this clear as I've recorded this podcast since we found out that she was leaving. I personally think it's great that she left on her own terms. I think it was really smart of her to set up everything so that she could leave. I think her reasons for wanting to leave were so reasonable. You know, the fact that she, out of all of the moms especially, her storyline really does focus on her kid. Like, Leah's for the most part, I mean, obviously a lot of it is Allie, but Leah's is like Allie's medical stuff and then her personal life. Kale's, I feel like the kids are barely in it. Like they're barely a a storyline. Bree's kids, I mean, a little bit with Nova and Devon, sure. But I feel like out of everybody on Team Mom 2, like Aubrey is the main storyline, right? Because Chelsea doesn't have anything else that's worth talking about on TV. And I appreciate the fact that she was like, I want Aubrey to be able to have conversations with me that we don't have to worry about being on TV. I was like, yeah, that makes total sense to me. And I totally agree with that. I did think it was funny when she was talking to Randy that she's like, you know, with the business and the house, I think it's time to leave. I'm like, what? Like, girl, that Chelsea's acting like she's building a house with her bare hands. (laughs) I wonder if she really was meaning, like, with the house paid off. (laughs) Oh, God. So I'm happy for her. I am. I thought it was sweet, the little Aubrey, like, highlight we got at the end. I'm happy for Aubrey that she's getting off this show. I think that this 
is what makes sense for the family. I do absolutely think that part of the reason that they're leaving is because Cole got backlash this season. I do not think it's a coincidence (laughs) that like very shortly after that happened, she announced she was leaving. I think that that, here's the thing. I think Chelsea's probably wanted to leave Team Mom for quite a while, right? Like being on the show sucks. There's no way that being on the show doesn't suck, but it's been a lot of money. And for the most part, she's gotten such a great edit and you know, the criticism she gets is so small compared to, like, the love that she gets. And if you go out, like, really the only place I feel like you see Chelsea criticism is on Reddit, which is so annoying because people will be like, Chelsea gets so much criticism here. And it's like, everybody gets criticism. She gets as much as, actually, she gets less. But, like, you're not on anybody else's post being like, oh my god, people hate her. This isn't fair. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Cole final like Cole getting some criticism from fans this season was the final push needed to get them off the show but I'm happy for them. I won't miss them. You know, I I'm happy for them that they get to leave and I think that this was a good decision for them, but I absolutely won't miss them. So, au revoir. <laughs> Adios. Smell you later to Chelsea. Okay, now that that's taken care of, um Let's quickly talk about Kale, who really had, like, a very short amount of screen time in this episode. Did you notice that? I think that she really wasn't willing to film a lot of this. Her hair and makeup in this episode looks crazy. That fucking poodle hair with, like, the intense highlighter she had on, it it was not doing her any favors. It's, like, all I could look at the whole time. So she's talking to Patrick about it, and basically what she's saying is she feels really bad. She totally should not have done what she did. She feels bad for Lauren. The only person she hurt was Lauren. Like, she had no reason to do that. There was a lot of good self-reflection there. Um, She does say that in therapy, she's learning to take accountability for herself and the bad decisions she's making. And it doesn't necessarily seem like that so much all of the time. (laughs) But, but I will say, like, this episode was a lot different than how we normally see her. Usually we see Kale, and this is what we saw happening when she said that shit on camera. And remember, there's been almost a full year in between her saying it and then it airing. So that was a long, that's a long time to grow, first of all, a full year. But usually in these situations, Kale automatically goes on the defense. And she's like, well, I don't care. It's true. I feel like A Kale from last year would have been like, it's true, it's true, it's true. What I said is true. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not really my fault that she's hurt. And the fact that she was remorseful and seemed to, like, really understand that, like, what she did was straight up wrong. She wasn't trying to justify it at all. She even said, like, so I guess Javi is telling Lauren that everything he said is that everything Kale said is fake. And I guess Lauren, they got on the phone and Lauren basically accused Kale of lying. And Kale's like, I mean, I guess I like, I'm going to let her think that because like, it doesn't help. Like there, I'm not going to like sit here and insist that I'm telling the truth because that just hurts her further. Like Lauren didn't do anything to, to deserve this. And I thought that was good. Like I really respected that. I really thought that she deserved like, 
not she deserved. I think Lauren didn't deserve what happened to her. And I think that it's good that Kale, like, was not making excuses for what she did. She even said, like, my my behavior made co-parenting harder. I thought that was really good. I've, I've just seen this episode in particular. Kale is so fucking far from perfect. Kale has fucks up every day. Kale is not a good person. Kale is beyond fucked up, right? But I do think there was growth in this episode. I do. I do. So good for Kale. And even Patrick was like, well, it's not really your fault. And Kale was like, it is. <laughs> she was like, no, this was totally my fault. So, you know, congrats to Kale for doing the right thing, kind of. <laughs> Okay, so in Leah's segment, Leah's big thing is that the girls have to stop doing extracurricular activities because Allie got strep throat again. Um, they were really scared that she had COVID, but she doesn't have flu. She doesn't have COVID, go f- COVID, but she has strep throat again. And so Leah and Corey make the decision that the girls have to stop doing extracurriculars, which is totally the right decision. But look... Once again, I'm so fucking sick of people pretending that they're following regulations when they're not. (laughs) I'm so sick of it. Leah's like, I just don't understand. We've done everything that we could. And I'm like, bitch, you went to Florida for two weeks over the summer. What are you talking about? Your kids are in school. They do cheer and soccer and whatever else they're doing. Like, I'm not well, I am criticizing her for the travel. The school and the extracurricular activities, I get it. Like, I get why she's letting the kids do that. But stop pretending like that's not a calculated risk that you're taking. Like, it is. when, And it's good that she's stopping and I commend her for stopping. And that is the right decision. I think absolutely. Like, they need to limit exposure as much as possible, obviously. But I'm, like, so sick of leaving. Like, we've done everything. And it's like, well, you haven't. Like, you haven't done everything. You've done okay, which is, like, you know, more than a lot of people can ask, can say that they've done. She's done okay, but she hasn't done everything. By the way, Cheyenne had a gender reveal this week. It's a boy. Mazel tov to Cheyenne. She had, like, 25 people there. None of them are wearing masks. And she had the fucking nerve to post on Instagram that they all got tested two to three times or three to four times before the party and they all quarantined beforehand. Guys, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I am so fucking sick of people lying. I'm so sick of it. You, Cheyenne, we follow you on Instagram. You have been out and about for two weeks. We follow Corey on Instagram. He's been out and about for two weeks. You mean to tell me all 25 fucking people that came to your gender reveal party quarantined for two full weeks before they came and they all got three to four tests? Like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I guess I could believe maybe that they got multiple tests because MTV, I'm assuming, is filming it. But like, stop. Stop. You, nobody was quarantining. Stop. Stop saying that. It's not true. You're the one that decided you wanted to have, you had to have for a gender reveal, obviously the most important thing in the world, that you had to have 25 people over to have a party in LA while they're like turning people away from their hospitals. You decided that that was necessary, but you don't want to take the fucking heat for it. So you're lying. Take the heat for it. If that's what you're going to do, stop fucking insulting me by lying to my face and trying to tell me that you're doing this in a safe way. You're not. There is nothing safe about what you did. So stop pretending like there is. Just do what you're going to do 
and stop pretending like you're being safe about it. I don't understand like why. Well, I do understand why she needed to post it on social media because what's the point of doing a gender reveal party if you don't post it on social media? But I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of this like influencer thing. Like we all quarantined and we all tested. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't. I know that you didn't because you're normal humans. And no, like, and the thing is, here's the reality, right? Like, if you cared enough about safety regulations with regard to COVID that you would quarantine for two weeks before a party, you wouldn't go to the fucking party. That's it. Anybody that cares enough to quarantine for two weeks before they do something would not risk it for going to a fucking gender reveal where they're out. They were outside, but none of them had masks on. It's like just add. They're outside. They can like whatever. I still don't think even outside you should be having 25 people gather, especially in LA. But okay, let's say you're all outside. Just put on masks and that like mitigates a lot of it and have people stand like you know, instead of like all close together, everybody kind of keeps their distance. Have it in your backyard and like just don't have people mingle up all close to each other. Like there are ways to do it safer. But let's be real. There is no way to safely do what she just did. So like stop pretending like you took safety precautions because you didn't. And like I don't know anybody that is quarantining for two weeks before they do something. Because the reality is, is like if you cared enough to do that, you wouldn't be like, okay, well, then I'm going to go to a gender reveal party now. I feel like the people that are serious about quarantining, like, and are quarantined for two weeks before they do something, it's like, I'm going to see my parents, and I have not seen them in a year. And I'm driving there, and I'm not stopping anywhere else, and, like, I'm going to go see them. Like, it's stuff like that. And even that is a calculated risk, absolutely. And I'm not saying that those people are in the right. Like, we all have, we're all making calculated risks every day, as I've talked about multiple times on this podcast. But, like, it's so obvious that people that at least are trying to negate the risks as much as possible, and people that are just, like, lying. They're just lying. And I'm sick of it. Honestly, at this point, I prefer the influencers who are just like doing whatever the fuck they want and not even bothering to lie anymore. Because if you want to do this and you want to make money off this and you want the social media likes for this, then take the fucking criticism too. Take it. Um, There is a really nice scene where Addie is really good about the extracurriculars and not going. I was impressed. She even says that she wants to become a scientist to help find a cure for everybody with disabilities, which I thought was sweet. And then Leah and Grace have a conversation where Grace is being so mature and so sweet. She she's upset. She's really upset that she has to quit cheer, which I get. I guess a big part of it is that this is the first year that uh, Grace has really, like, cared about it in a, like, I'm going to work really hard and, like, set goals and actually achieve them, as opposed to, like, cheer just being something that she does. And I get it. Like, that's so hard, but she is okay with it. She sent her coach a text that was, like, I didn't know this would happen, but, you know, life is life, and... (laughs) We have to do what's best and who knows what next year will bring. It was so sweet. (laughs) It was so, so, so sweet. I was really impressed with Gracie and her maturity. Really impressed. And, you know, I like that they 
weren't sugarcoating why this had to happen. The reality is, is that when you have a high risk person in your family, like you do have to live differently than people who don't, unfortunately. And I think it's good that Leah and I'm assuming Corey are being like open and honest about that. It's not about blaming Allie, but it's like they're real, the realities of their life. And one thing though Leah does say is like, I know you want your sister to be just like you. She said that to Grace. And I was like, or she's, did she say that to Grace? Because I wrote down, I think Aaliyah wants her sister to be just like her. So I'm guessing she said it in the talking head. I don't know if that's true. Like, to me, okay, that kind of sounds like an adult thing. Does that make sense? Like, it kind of sounds like an adult. How do I want to word this? It sounds like an adult thought that you're putting on a kid. I'm not sure if Aaliyah wants Allie to be just like her. Like, I I don't know if that's true. You know, Allie's always been different. She's been disabled her whole life. They don't talk about it on the show, but in Leah's book, they talk about the fact that they knew something was wrong with Allie in the delivery room. Like, they've known Allie has had medical issues her entire life. This is all Grace knows. And I'm sure she would like Allie to not be high risk so that her life isn't changed. But I just don't know if Allie, like, or if Gracie, like, really would say, like, I wish Allie could do every single thing that I did. Because I'm not sure that kids think like that. I feel like, especially, like, when it comes to siblings, you kind of think of them, like, as they are and not what you want them to be as a child. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this. I just think that was more of, like, uh, Leah thought that Leah like she wasn't like Grace has told me she wants Allie to be just like her she's like well I think that Grace wants Allie to be just like her and I don't know it we've never heard Grace say that I guess is what I'm saying and it didn't sound like she was saying that in that very mature conversation that she had with Leah she didn't say anything like I just wish Allie was just like us she was like oh I got it I love Allie I want to do what I can to protect Allie and if we have to do this to protect Allie we have to do this to protect Allie And I was like, I don't know. I think a lot of times kids just have like a better understanding of like, this is this. Like, it is what it is. Like kids, in some ways, I think kids have a much better understanding of like, it is what it is. Because they just don't have the perspective necessarily to be like, oh, everything would be different if this thing was different. The way that adults do. So I don't know. I just was really impressed with Grace. I, first of all, she looks so old. (laughs) She looks like a full-blown teenager. Guys, we are so old. But I was just really impressed with Grace and the way that she, like, talked about it and she didn't sound bitter at all. And although she had been upset, I guess Allie mentions at one point when Allie and um, Leah are going to pick the girls up from school that, uh, that Grace was, like, kicked out of the group chat for the team, which, like, oh made me so sad poor little Gracie although once again like I still question the reality of or the the reality I still question the the decision to send two of the girls to school when Allie is then with them every single moment that she's not at school like if one of the girls gets exposed then Allie's gonna get exposed too basically because she's being exposed to an exposed person I guess it does limit it but I don't know So that's it for Leah for this season. Bye. (laughs) Okay, Jade. Yo, Sean is crazy. 
Sean is obviously getting high. Obviously getting high. So in the aftermath of Sean busting in Jade's window, she calls the police, like the non-emergency line, so that she can file a report, which I think was the right decision. It's good to have that stuff documented in case she does want to get a restraining order. Uh, The police come by. Jade's explaining the story. She's definitely being, like, a little too detailed. (laughs) But the way that you are in a situation like that, where you just, like, want to tell someone what happened, and I thought the police officer was pretty nice to her and seemed receptive and wasn't judgmental, and I was happy with how that scene went. So, this is so crazy. Sean goes and meets up with the producer, and they're talking about it, and Sean, this is how Sean explains what happens. Jade has been telling Sean to hang out with his friends more. I'm guessing he did that because she, I'm guessing she said that because he's just, like, sitting around the house at all time, and Jade is probably like, why don't you go see your friends? Like, why don't you do something? Like, you're always here. You're not doing anything. I Because th- we've heard her say stuff like that. Like, you need to go see your friends so that we can get away from each other. And I need to say my- see my friends. So I guess Sean went over to his friend's house and he stayed out. He stayed up all night and out all night. And he's like, well, you know, she wanted me to go. So like I did. And I stayed up all night with him. And I'm like, that's weird. It's weird. I'm sorry. That's suspicious. Like, you're doing drugs. I'm not saying to stay up all night. Like, you do drugs. Because the only way to stay up all night is that you do drugs. But like... Sean is supposed to be a sober father that's in a serious committed relationship and like you don't stay out all night when you're in that situation, right? Like you come home, (laughs) you go and hang out with your friends and then you come home at 11 or 12 like everybody else does. I don't, what, what are you doing? I mean, I guess they were probably playing video games all night in a world where they weren't doing drugs, even maybe they were doing drugs and playing video games. But in a world where they weren't doing drugs, like, you come home. You come home. That That's a reasonable expectation from Jade. So I guess he came home and Jade was like, I want you to take a drug test, which once again is a reasonable ask. And Sean tells the producer that it's not that he was scared of failing the drug test because he knew he would pass. But he didn't want to take the drug test because he didn't want to give control up to Jade like that. Now, if that's not the biggest drug addict shit I've ever heard in my life, girl, you're using, you're going to fail the drug test. I do understand. I Like, here's the thing. If I, at this point in my life, with six and a half years sober, if I, something happened and somebody in my life was like, I need you to take a drug test, I would be like, what? I would be a little upset, I think, because if it was, if, if I just did one thing and they're like, you need to take a drug test, I I can definitely see myself being upset because if I haven't done anything else to indicate that I'm like using, I wouldn't like all of my bad behavior to automatically be assumed it's because I'm using, right? Because I've been sober for so fucking long. I've been sober for a very long time at this point. So Like, it would be weird for anybody to just, like, attribute a mistake or a bad behavior I make on getting high as opposed to just, like, being a human that fucked up somehow. I honestly, at this point, like, can't think of even what that would be, like, a situation where that would happen to me. But let's say that happened. I can, I would probably be upset. I would take it because I, if I knew I was going to pass, I would take it. But, like, I would be upset that that was, like, the first thing that they assumed about me. Because that's not fair. Because I have proven 
for many, 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 many years that I am able to stay sober. So I I can see a situation in which I would be upset about that. However, I would take the drug test. Uh, and I think part of it maybe is because I lived in sober living for so long, like the first almost 18 months of sobriety, I was taking drug tests multiple times a week. Like I was always taking drug tests. So I am like, they drug tests just aren't, don't seem like a big deal to me, I guess. And if I knew I was going to pass, I would take the test and I'd be like, here, go fuck yourself. It's actually probably, I would take the test and I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Obviously I'm not getting high. Fuck you for thinking I'm getting high. I think that would probably be what happens. But when you're in early recovery, which Sean supposedly is, like at this point, there's no way Sean's been sober for over a year on the timeline where Sean has stopped using or what. Like, I don't know. He's He has not been sober that long in a world where we're pretending he's sober. So at that point, like you have to take the drug test and you have to take it willingly because part of recovery is being accountable for the years that you used. Now, Is it fair if every single day Jade is like, you need to take a drug test or I think you're getting high? No, because that's no way to live. And if that's the case, it's like then they just shouldn't be together because if trust can never be restored, then you just shouldn't be together, right? Like I've always thought this about like in a world where my ex, like if my ex-boyfriend and I got together, I used to think like even if he had 10 years sober I don't think I would believe he was sober. Like I could have, I could watch him drug test every day. He could pass everyone. He could be 10 years sober. And I think in the back of my head, I would still think he's getting high. And that's just because like he missed, like, well, he abused me emotionally, but like he lied to me so much for so many years that I don't think I could ever trust him again. Um, which is, you know, why we're not together and why we don't talk and why I don't see him. It's a big reason for it because, I don't know, he could be sober right now, but I kind of doubt it. Like, I would be kind of surprised if he was sober. And honestly, even if he sent me a text right now and he's like, I've been sober for a year, I'd be like, maybe. Like, I, I don't think I would believe him. I, I don't think I'll ever believe if he's sober. I, I hope for his sake that he's sober because obviously I don't want him to die. And it's really sad that he's been a fucking opiate addict for how old is he? If he's two years older than me, he's been an opiate addict for 17 years of his life. That's fucking sad. That's so sad. And like, I want more than anything for him to be sober and happy and be a trustworthy person. But like, to me, he'll never be that. So that's why we could never be together again. And so if that's where Jade and Sean are, then she needs to leave him, right? Like, and or Sean should leave her because that's also not fair. Like, if you are in recovery and the person that you are with, like, is never going to trust you again, you need to move on from them. Because it's not that you deserve their trust because nobody deserves anybody else's trust, really. I think that's a weird word and a weird way to frame it, like, as deserved. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy to be in a relationship where you're constantly proving yourself to somebody else. It's just not. Like, you two either need to, like, make a decision that you're going to try and move on. And then if that person can't move on or can't, you can't rebuild something, then it's time for you to move on from each other. But at this point, I think that Jade still gets to be suspicious. How did I get here right? Because I was saying part of being in recovery is like making 
constant living amends for not being in work, for being an addict and like everything that you did while you're an addict. So like, even if you have been sober, let's say for a year, there's still like that five years or whatever, five plus years beforehand where you were using and lying and cheating and stealing and one year compared to five years is not very many, right? So that's why it's like, you still need to be willing to take that drug test. You you need to like have the frame of mind. And like, if you are truly trying to become a better person and like truly trying to live a life of recovery, your response to like somebody, your significant other asking for a drug test after you stayed out all night would be like, Maybe at first it would be hurt because it's like, fuck, she still doesn't trust me. But then your second thought should be like, well, okay, I like, I I get it. I stayed out all night. She was really hurt by the way I treated her for so many years. And she is still scared that I'm using when I behave in a way that's in contrast to how I usually behave when I'm sober. And the fact that he wouldn't take the test because he didn't want to give up control to Jade tells me everything that I need to know. That even if he's sober, he's not in a good place mentally and he and Jade should not be together, right? Like, what, give up control to your partner. Like, that's, that's a really unhealthy way to think. And if you think that, like, your significant other wanting a drug test from you because you did something that is the behavior of somebody that uses drugs is giving up control to them. Like, you've got a problem. But that's not what Sean believes. Sean is getting high. <laughs> Sean won't take a drug test because Sean is getting high. I would bet my fucking life on it. Like, the, the everything he was saying, it was just such bullshit. And, like, the way he was saying it to the producer was just such bullshit that I was like, oh, that fucker is getting high. When he's like, you know, I'm not worried about the test because I knew I would pass. But <laughs> because here's the thing, if he would pass, he would have taken the drug test and then said, fuck you. And then they would have the fight after he took the test. He wouldn't have refused to take the test. Here's something that I know about sober people. In my experience, a person that's truly sober will always take the test. The fight will come after the test. And it will be a big fuck you fight. And they'll be mad about it. And you'll have a big fight about it. And they'll scream and they'll yell. But they'll take the test. Because why wouldn't they take the test? Right? Like, why wouldn't you take it? You would take it and then be like, go fuck yourself. You wouldn't not take it. The only reason you wouldn't take the test is because you're not fucking sober and you won't pass the test. <laughs> a sober person takes the test. <laughs> it's That's all there is to it. It's that simple, in my opinion. A sober person takes the test. So apparently he leaves and he comes back. And this is what he explains happens. Jade won't let him in the door. So he walks around the house and starts knocking on all of the windows and then whoops, the dining room window broke. Sean, what? First of all, if somebody doesn't let you in their house, leave. Leave. You're not allowed to then go around and knock on all of the windows. That's scary. That's scary behavior. That's not, that's not allowed. And you're definitely not allowed to knock hard enough that you break the window. The producer's like, oh, so are you going to fix the window now? And Sean just ignores him. When he asks that and doesn't answer, he answers something else. So, <sighs> fuck Sean. He's obviously getting high. Obviously, he's getting high. <laughs> and that's kind of it. He came back to the house and tried to come in the house and Jade would not let him. So, he just sat in his car outside the house. That's really, I'd be really scared if I was Jade. That's really scary. Also, did you notice that they called, well, Kelsey and baby Shakur 
came over, except I noticed that Chloe called him Shakar, but it's spelled like Tupac Shakur. So I don't know. Do you think they call him Shakar? Or maybe that's just how Chloe says it. Oh, God, Jade. I wonder if I think she's probably with Sean right now would be my guess. I would guess that she's probably with Sean. Okay, let's bring it on home with Brianna. So did you guys see this? Apparently, people on the internet think that Roxanne in this episode called Devon the N-word. And I was so confused. Like, I watched this whole episode knowing that people were saying that. And I guess they think that she says it at the end of the episode when she calls him something and it's bleeped out. I, for the life of me, cannot hear why they think she's saying the N-word. To me, it sounds very clearly like she's calling him a dick, which is what Brie says that she said. Now, would I believe that Roxanne would say that? Sure. I mean, we know Brie has said it. Um, you know, she's from, Rox is from New York. I would imagine she probably grew up saying that word. Like, it, that wouldn't be hard for me to believe. But I don't think it's really fair to... <laughs> to say that she did when there's like really no indication that she did. She's not making, I can't hear, I can't hear anything that sounds like that. Um, I mean, maybe, obviously other people could hear it, but I think like, unless like MTV, like put the caption and were, you know, like N dash, because you know how they'll caption stuff sometimes. Like if MTV put that caption, like I would believe MTV. I just don't hear anything that says that. So I think from where I'm sitting, it sounds like she's saying dick. So I believe that she's saying dick. I think it's not really fair to accuse her of saying the N-word if there's literally no proof that she did. Um, So that's just like my take on that. I honestly like rewound it multiple times trying <laughs> because I went into this being like, oh shit, like I saw people are saying that she said it online. But I also saw people saying they couldn't hear it and they they didn't like and I saw that Bree said that she just said that he was a dick. And yeah, that's what it sounds like she's saying to me. So that's just my opinion. I guess we'll never really know unless MTV like releases the raw footage. Um, I know that Devon has definitely accused the DeJesus family of uh, being anti-black and racist. And I don't think that's wrong. I think that you know, the way that they've dealt with Nova's hair in the past. And I, I don't know, that to me is believable. And I definitely don't discount that as far as like what Devon says, you know, the fact that he, he says it and he's black, like I believe him, right? But I don't think Devon is even accusing uh, Roxanne of having said it. I think it's just like people online are saying that Roxanne said it. And I don't see anything that indicates that basically, is what I'm saying. And unless we see some, like, raw footage or, like, get a different cut that, like, it's very obvious that there's an end sound at the beginning of what she's saying, then then I'll believe it. By the way, if you want to uh, be really upset, you should read the comment section of the Facebook post that the Ashley made about this article because there's so many people, white people, saying that, you know, I don't hear what she said, but you know, a spade's a spade. I'm like, Jesus Christ, people are bold on Facebook. Like, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing to be racist. 
It's one thing to say racist shit. It's another thing to get on a public Facebook page with your full name and say with your chest that you think it's okay to call somebody the N-word. That's wild. That's so wild. It's like, that's online. People could can see that. People are racist. It's not that I'm surprised people are racist, obviously, and I'm, like, barely even surprised that people would say that online. I think, for me, it's, like, it's surprising that people are so bold under their real names in text, I guess is what I'm saying. But, yeah, that's, I'm sure people, like, if you saw that, I'm sure you're wondering, like, what I had to say about that. So, I wanted to address that at the top, that, like, I personally did not hear that. And I tried to hear it. Like, I was, like, clearly, I was, like, intently listening to see if I could hear that, and I couldn't. So, I'm gonna go with she didn't say it, but, like, if footage, if MTV released raw footage and she was saying it, I would not be surprised, I guess is what I'm gonna say here. Okay, so the episode starts out with the family going to a private circus event. (laughs) Did MTV pay for this? Like, this is so weird. At first, I was like, oh, God, the circus, but they didn't at least have any, um, Thankfully, they didn't have any animals, as far as I can tell. It actually looked kind of cool and cute. It was safe because it was just them, and they had some guy shoot himself out of a cannon, and there was, like, dancers, and it looked it looked fun and cute. It looked like a fun activity. And during it, all of a sudden, uh, Bree's phone starts to blow up, and she's like, what the fuck? And she finds out that Devon had posted a screenshot of them text fighting and left Bree's number up. I would have been so fucking mad. So mad. Oh, I would have lost my mind. First of all, I've had the same number since I was 12. (laughs) I don't want to have to change my number. I'd be really upset if I had to change my number. But Devon knew what he was doing. He for sure knew what he was doing there. Um, Also, the shit that Devon said was shitty. I am so fucking sick of people saying that, like, the DeJesus family is anti-men and that, like, it's their fault that men aren't around and that Brie just doesn't want a dad for her children. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. The men aren't around because they're not shit. Not because they, like, because the women in that family hate men and are man-haters and don't want any men around. I'm so, I'm so fucking sick of that shit. And Brittany is, like, very right. And she's like, Devon shouldn't, I don't want Devon in this house anymore. You shouldn't let him in the house. It's bullshit because we are the people that are raising his child. For him to get on Instagram and insult all of us when we have done nothing is fucked up. And I agree with her. She's like, you know, it wasn't just you he was insulting. It wasn't just mom. It was me too. I'm part of this family. And like, why is he insulting me? By the way, did everybody notice that Brittany... Brittany was wearing a shirt of, like, a picture of her in a bathing suit looking real good. And it's, like, a fake Playboy magazine cover. (laughs) Oh, God. Brie got 369 text messages. She had people calling her, like, she played a voicemail that somebody left in which they were calling her, like, a dumb, fat bitch. Like, first of all, if you call somebody, you know, it's one thing to comment on the internet. It's one thing to comment on their Instagram post, which is even like, okay, maybe you don't need to do that. To fucking call somebody and curse them out, a stranger from reality TV, you are unwell. You're unwell. To call somebody's phone and do that as an adult, I'd be so mad if I was brave because Devon knew exactly what he was doing. He knows when he posts those texts that he has to blur out 
a phone number or make sure he's not including a phone number. Like, come the fuck on. And of course, uh, Devon is defending himself. He is in the right. Devon, first of all, Devon's friend comes over and you notice his friend was drinking a Capri Sun. (laughs) I really wanted a Capri Sun as Devon was holding a snake. (laughs) I like, I was like, what's in his hand? Like a little into the scene. I was like, oh, he's a little snake in his hand. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. Devon is spending this whole episode talking shit about how Brie thrives off being a single mom. How she wants all the attention of being a single mom. And she he's mad that, like, Brie won't let her, let him be in Nova's life. And his friend is like, yeah, this has to stop. And Devon's like, if she thinks I'm just going to back down, she has another thing coming to her, basically. is like what he has to say about it. And it's like... You know, there are ways to fix this. It's called going to court and filing for custody. But we know Devon won't do that because he doesn't want to get on court-ordered child support. And that's it. He doesn't want to get on court-ordered child support. And the reason that Bree says that she wanted... I guess basically what happened is that Devon, three days a week, was picking Nova up from school and then driving her gymnastics, like we've seen in previous episodes. However... When Bree would ask him for money for child support, he would say, I can't give you money because I'm not working as much because I'm doing the pickup and drop offs. And so Bree was like, OK, so don't do the fucking pickup and drop offs anymore. I'll do them and give me work more so I can get child support. I'm sorry. What's wrong with that? She doesn't need him to do the pickup and drop offs. She needs money. He's never given her any fucking money in almost his entire life or her entire life. Nova's entire life. She he's paid like a few hundred dollars in Nova's entire life. I'm not, like, I don't blame Brie for that. I feel like I would say the same thing. Like, if I, if my baby's father was doing something that, like, helped, but, like, wasn't that helpful. You know, like, it helped, but it was, like, I could deal, I could manage it without him. But what I really needed was some fucking child support. And he said the reason that he couldn't give me child support is because of the thing that he was helping me with. I tell him to stop fucking helping me and go to work more if that's the real issue. I don't blame her for that. I'm sorry. I just don't get why so many people are on Devon's side. I don't get it. I don't get it. He was not in that child's life for five fucking years. And now he comes around like every once in a while and we're supposed to act like he's great. Because he was driving her to and from gymnastics three times a week. I'm supposed to think that he's great. It's bare minimum. And if Devon wanted to be more of a present figure in his her life, he would go to court. But he won't do that because he doesn't want to pay her child support. I'm sorry. That's some deadbeat shit. That's some deadbeat shit. And the reality is, is that he's not going to get put on a ton of child support. Devon doesn't have money, as far as we can tell. As far as he's made it seem clear, he doesn't have money. He's not going to get ordered a ton of child support, but he will get regular constant visits. But he's not willing to do it. So truly, fuck Devon. I don't think Bree is some perfect person. I think Bree also should just fucking tell Devon to fuck off and go to court. Get court-ordered visits and get child support. Like, if this is such an issue, both of them, both of them need to go to court. Both of them. But I just am more sympathetic to the person that's been fully raising Nova for seven years than the one that hasn't. And that's that. That, like, that's what it comes down to for me. And I also just have a real problem with people being like, they hate men. They don't want men around. No, that's stupid. That's stupid. (laughs) If you had been around Nova's whole life, this wouldn't be a conversation. 
It's a conversation because you weren't fucking around. He's like, and now I'm breaking that cycle with Nova. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm glad you're coming around. But once again, like you just made a choice to start showing up within the last year. Maybe two at this point. So like mazel to you. Devon really wants a clap for doing the very bare minimum and he's getting it online, which is really like, I think, amping up his ego because he's getting so many people online that are like, yeah, fuck Brianna, you're perfect. You're amazing. Those women hate men that he's getting real bold. And it's a shame because I think that Devon does want to be a dad. I think he does. And I think he is making an effort. So like all he has to do is take his little feet to court, fill out a paper and sign up for custody and child support. He's not going to get 50-50, but he'll get guaranteed weekends and times that Bree can't take away from him. It's a simple solution. He doesn't even need a lawyer to do this, you know? It's a simple solution that he just will not do. So my sympathy for him is very low. And like I said, I do think that Bree is also in the wrong that she won't just, like, go to... If she wants child support from him and he has proven for seven fucking years that he's not going to pay it, then take his ass to court. What do you, stop, stop, stop complaining. And is it fair that you have to take him to court? No, it's not fair because he should just pay on his own, but he doesn't. So instead of complaining forever and ever and ever and ever, go take his ass to court and get him on court mandated child support and get his wages garnished. It's, well, I mean, he's a server, so I don't even know how they would garnish wage. I don't know how they garnish wages for a server, but I guess it comes out of the credit card tip out. They, have to, I don't I have no idea actually how it works to garnish wages for a server, but like there are solutions here that both of them are ignoring that I find very frustrating. But the reason that I like default to Bree's side is because one of these people has been caring for Nova every single day of her life and one has not. And so I'm always gonna be on the side of the person that has been. The person who's there, I'm on their side. The person who's dipped in and out and has come when they please and now wants a father of the year medal, unlikely unlikely for me to take their side. Anyway, that's it for Teen Mom this week. I hope everybody has a lovely week. Um, If you have things that you want to hear me talk about as far as Teen Mom goes, please feel free to send me a DM because I think the next couple weeks, I mean, I'm sure I'll do some throwback episodes, but like with next week being a reunion and then OG not premiering for a while, I'm sure there are going to be uh, times that you are going to need, we are going, you, that we on this podcast are going to need to have some things to talk about. (laughs) By the way, I forgot that some people sent productions to my inbox, so I do want to read this. Um, So Megan said, I think, oh, because I found this interesting. I think bringing up Ashley instead of Kayla to Teen Mom 2 means they have pegged on one of the other girls in addition to Leah to get a good edit, but I can't imagine which one. I think that's really true because I think that as of right now, Chelsea and Leah get the good edit, right? And I think that if they brought in Kayla, Kayla definitely would have gotten a good edit because Stefan is such a monster and her and Luke are like fine, I guess, super happy. So I think Kayla definitely would have gotten a good edit. And I think Ashley's going to get a bad, bad edit. So that is true. I wonder... I wonder who that other person is going to be. She said, I thought it might be Kale, but this Chris stuff is so dark. She said, maybe Brie, but you know, they gave, they keep giving Devon a little better of an edit. Jade's whole life is a shit shit show. Who will be? I definitely like found that interesting because I agree. I'm not sure exactly who would get the better edit, but it has to be somebody, right? Like they have to give it to somebody. So 
I found that one to be good. I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know who it will be, but it's going to be somebody. Maybe Kale will redeem herself. I doubt it. Okay, guys. Love you so much. I hope everybody has a good week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.